Here's all from Unbreakable, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is John with Seven Dust, and you're hanging out with Iron City Rocks. and welcome to episode 243 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Starting off this week's episode, we have for you an interview with Seven Dust guitarist John Connolly. John fills us in on his most recent tour as well as Seven Dust's newest album, Time Travelers and Bonfires. Time Travelers and Bonfires is an acoustic album featuring six brand new Seven Dust tracks as well as six acoustically reimagined Seven Dust classics. Uh, Before we get to that interview, though, here from the album Time Travelers and Bonfires is the track Come Down. everyone thanks for tuning in with us on the line we have john from the band seven dust how you doing today john doing great man how about you doing good yeah doing good uh you know it's a normal friday afternoon here um first off you guys just started uh for uh, a new tour i guess uh, the second date was last night here in pittsburgh um can you talk a little bit about the tour and what uh, fans can expect uh, this go around uh not acoustic <laughs> a lot of people have <laughs> asking that question right. um we, we kind of gave the acoustic thing a break for a little while. We did two runs of it. Uh, we may do another third run at some point, but we're not sure when that's going to happen, uh, you know, potentially end of the year or something like that. Mm-hmm. But this for us was just kind of a chance to kind of switch back in the electric mode for a while, uh, you know, get out during the summer and do, do some of that stuff. we got Gemini Syndrome out with us, and cool. uh, there'll be a couple other, you know, bands that'll be traveling around with us uh, here and there. But, yeah, we're just getting this thing fired up. So two shows in, and... Uh, the rock neck is in full effect. <laughs> so last night you were here in Pittsburgh, and then tonight you'll uh, be in Virginia. Uh, and this tour lasts till uh, the end of August, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. About, about a month, just a little past. Cool, cool, cool. Um, now, also, you know, recently, you know, you guys released uh, an acoustic album. Uh, it was titled "Time Travelers and Bonfires." Um, 
and this is uh, I guess your first studio album since last year's Blackout Sun, which was uh, which was an incredible album. Um, oh, can, thank you, man. Very cool. Yeah, it's uh, I I really dug it. Uh, all your stuff really been a fan since the uh, first album came out back in '97. Um, when uh, you guys what led you guys to want to do uh, an acoustic album? The first acoustic album. Yeah. <laughs> the one that we did back in 2003, that that was what made us want to do a real one. Because um, that one was just, you know, the whole Southside Double Wide thing, even though it came out as a CD, DVD, it was really nothing more than a promotional tour for Seasons. Right. It was, um, it was a way for us to go out and kind of do a storyteller's kind of vibe kind of get out there and meet the fans, talk about stuff, show them some, you know, video stuff from the studio. And then, you know, instead of doing the typical, okay, we're just going to get up there and we're going to play our electric set, we figured we would, you know, do what we had been doing with radio stations for years on end. You know, we go in there and do a stripped-down version of it, but we'd never done it as a concert. So, you know, we did it and we had so much fun with it, and uh, the fans were so receptive to it that we said, you know, I wanted it to be cool to actually do this and do it for real. Um and when I say for real, what I mean is actually have some new songs that go along with it instead right. of just doing, you know, redone versions of older songs. Um, you know, we went back and forth from the all cover, you know, our own stuff kind of vibe to all new. And, you know, we figured it'd probably be smartest to kind of meet in the middle, you know, just six of one, six of the other. That way you don't have to do too much, too much new stuff. And you can kind of satisfy the fans too, because a lot of the fans wanted to hear a lot of these songs. Um, so the ones that we actually remade, um, I think three of the three of the six um, that are on there were actually the fan vote, the fan pick. So uh, you know, we let the fans get really involved in this thing. You know, they they picked the songs that were going to go on it. Um, you know, it was so hard for us to pick. You know, we've got over a hundred songs at this point. Right. So for us to try to nail down, you know, even five or six. I mean, we knew that there were going to be some obvious ones that people were going to ask for, but we didn't know, you know, I mean, everyone came in with a completely different list, you know, I mean, you could take it in so many different ways, so we said, you know what, we're not even going to decide, we're going to let the fans help us do this one, and uh, thank God for that, because we'd still be there trying to figure out what to play. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that also kind of goes along with, like, you know, you when you think of, like, acoustic albums, you think of something more intimate, and, you know, getting the fans involved uh, made sure, the whole yeah, project yeah. a lot more intimate. Um, and you guys yep. partnered with uh, Pledge Music for this, and mm -hmm. that's like a kind of like a Kickstarter crowdfunding type thing, correct? Yeah, absolutely. What was uh, what was that experience like? Because you see a lot of you know stuff people starting to turn towards Kickstarter to do these types of projects. Do you think this is something that could really take off? Or well, I think it has. I think it's taken off, and people just are, are just now getting wind of it. Um, you know, I think a lot of the labels are kind of getting a little nervous that they realize, right? you know, if bands are resourceful, um, newer bands, it may be a little bit tougher, but, you know, for for a band like Seven Dust, you know, it's been around for two decades now. You know, the amount that we actually get from a traditional label situation is, is so, it's so small because, you know, we know what kind of music our fans want to hear. Right. We don't need people to try to tell us, you know, how we should sound at this point in our career. And radio is radio, whether you're paying a label to do it or whether you just outsource it yourself, like we do. Right. Um, publicity, the same thing. I mean, th those are the, the big things that you're looking for a label for, you know, financial support, a little bit of radio help, and then, you know, press to basically, you know, keep everyone, you know, tuned in to whatever's going on in the world of Seven Dust. So, you know, 
for us doing this thing with the pledge, you know, point of view, the, the whole Kickstarter thing, it, it was such a breath of fresh air because it, it basically told us even if we didn't have any contracts with any distributors or any labels or anything whatsoever, we were still going to have a fan base that was going to generate enough to where we could make music. You know? right. I mean, basically it was their record. Mm-hmm. They paid for it. You know, they showed their support. They picked the songs on it. And for us, we just crossed our fingers and hoped that it would work, you know. <laughs> but but I, think it, I think it's such a good, you know, idea for newer bands, too, because, you know, new bands that don't get exposed, it gives you, an, you know, a, a chance to really stay in tune with your fans, you know, during the video after, you know, right. and things like that. I mean, there's so many different fan funding sites now between Kickstarter and Indiegogo and, um, you know, uh, pledge and even you know a lot of these bands that are kind of kind of thinking a little outside the box. Um, we did some side projects last year, and mm-hmm. one of the side projects we did was projected, and uh, we took the Kickstarter idea, but we basically just did it as a pre-sale off the site. Um, the only negative, if there is a negative, and, and you know everything, you know, nothing is free. So I'm not right. I'm not asking for free handouts or anything, but you do have to kind of pay attention to the cost of what you're doing when you're on the fan funding site, because it, it's not free. You know, right. when you actually set up a Kickstarter, you have to pay them X amount. If you hit it, X amount, if you don't, same thing with pledge. Um, so, you know, it, it's something to think about. And, and for, you know, a newer band, you got to be careful about the number you're asking for, because it's really easy to look at, you know, Oh, you know, this Kickstarter got a million dollars and, these guys got 500 grand. I mean, you might not be able to generate the money that you're really thinking that you need to. So you really have to kind of sit down and and come up with a realistic budget. But the cool thing about it is once you do, once you figure out just what you need, um, you know, anything extra is a bonus. I mean, we've had buddies of ours that have done Kickstarter programs that not only paid for the record, but they didn't have to go to their label for tour support, which is huge because, you know, when you borrow money from a label for tour support, I mean, it's just... It's a really bad bank loan is what it comes down to. So the more you can get your fans engaged from the, the get-go, the right. better off you're going to be, you know. And it, it's nice to know that the money is there before you physically have to make something that there's a question mark over. I mean, right. there's been a million buddies of mine have made records that labels have either put on the shelf or, you know, they either blew the budget and never made money back. I mean, with these kind of programs, you know exactly what you got at least going into it before you've ever sold the first one. So exactly. I think for the artist, it, it, it's such a it's such a nice change from the norm. Right. <laughs> you know, right. for years and years, you go in, you go, oh, God, we spent, you know, half a million dollars making this record. Are we going to sell any of these things? Fans going to like it. You know, now you've got a commitment out of your fan before you even do it. Right. And... That's huge. And I mean, for the artist and for the fan, it's enormous because you know that you don't need the rest of it to really make this happen. Right. You know? And then I guess it will also build up the hype and it serves as, you know, promotional things too, you know, getting sure. the hype and oh, word yeah. of mouth out there more and, and even yep. finding more fans. Um, you know, between it, that and social media, I mean, the power that the fans have that really get exposure these days is. I mean, it's light years from where it was back in the day when, you know, I'm old enough to remember standing outside, you know, a concert, you know, at the rock scene in Atlanta and handing out flyers and cassettes. You right. know, that's how we got our word out, you know, and we thought it was a great night when we got rid of, you know, 200 cassettes, mm-hmm. of which we figure 
190 of them probably got thrown in the trash, but at least we got 10 of them out to someone that might have actually taken a listen to it. Right. And now you can put something up there on social media, hit share, and you have people from Indonesia that are hearing it at the same time as people in Cleveland, Ohio, or Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's, it's crazy because for the longest time, I think the artist was looking at the negative of the computer. You know, everyone's stealing music. Oh, our music is free. What are we going to do? And now you look at it and go, wait a minute. You can make a $500,000 sound record for about 50 grand. Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm. can market your own self just by using all these different, you know, fan funding sites and the social medias and stuff like that. So I think the power is back to the artist. Yeah. I I think it it tipped in the, you know, it went over on one side until the artist realized, oh, wait a minute. You know, we don't need to make the million-dollar record. We can do the same sounding record for a tenth of the price, and we can do it, you know, because that computer gives you that ability to do it, you know. Right. So, I mean, do you think as an artist, too, it actually takes a lot of pressure off you, not having to worry about breathing, you know, labels and, and the business side breathing down? You can focus more creatively on making the music now? Absolutely. And the funny thing is, that's the whole reason all of us wanted to do this in the first place. Right. you got to take it all back to, to, to the basic starting point, is why did you get in a room together with those four guys and make music? And honestly, we did it because we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. We did it because, you know, we actually worked jobs so that we could do that, you know, as something else. Now, you know, I mean... I'm not going to lie to you and say that we were, you know, hoping we, we were trying to avoid a record deal or hope to never get signed or anything like that. But it's just nice to know that you don't have the pressure of any of the other folks or the powers that right. be. I mean, we've turned in records to past labels that just, you know, our fans' favorite records were turned down. I mean, our labels looked at them and said, "We don't hear a single. We don't. We don't. You know, th- mm-hmm. this is not what we think Seven Dust should be." So for us, it's great because we know exactly what Seven Dust should be. Exactly. Our fans know what they want to hear. They know what we should be. We know what we should be, and, that, and that's pretty much it, you know. But but like you said, you, you get back to that creative passion and, and the whole artistic side of it instead of being so weighed down by the business end of things. Right. I mean, it's maddening when you go into a situation of, of something that you really believe in and you, you, you're listening to all these different suits and all these different people that are taking money and being paid money to try to, you know, help you further career, you know, your career, but at the same time, they're the ones who are taking the lion's share of it, and they're the ones that are, you know, Again, they're the, the ones that are, are making calls based on things that probably shouldn't, right. shouldn't have any bearing on a band, especially a band like us. Like I said, if we were a brand new band and didn't have an identity, you know, maybe we could use a little bit of guidance, you know, which direction to push, which, you know, right. what kind of band are we when, when you look at it, but for us... We know we know what kind of a man we are at this point. Cool, you know. Cool. And if we haven't figured it out, I don't think we'll ever figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, definitely have it figured out yeah. by now. You Approaching got... twenty years in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you guys have been around for twenty years. Did you even think that was possible when you first started? Absolutely not. I mean, you always hope it. Right. You always hope it, and you always dream that that you know, God willing, you'd be able to do what you love for a living. Because that's what it really comes down to. I mean. Even on our worst day, I get to do something that I really enjoy doing. Exactly. Even if I may not want to do it, it's still something that I love to do. You know, if I've done it so many times that I need a break to come off tour, that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. But beyond that, it's a gift, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, and, and and that's that's the thing. Is sometimes you lose perspective when you're dealing with the spreadsheets and the P&L reports and 
cash flow analysis and all this other stuff that has nothing to do with making music. Right. That's the part that'll suck the life out of it, you know, because then all of a sudden you start making music with an agenda. It's like, oh man, you know, we didn't make any money. Oh, let's bust out a radio song. You know, let's mm-hmm. start writing for reasons that don't have anything to do with just creating music and connecting with the fans. So it's cool to get back to a spot where the only reason we make music is because we really want to. Cool. You know? And yeah, you know, it's you know, takes sometimes it takes a while to get back to that point, but you know, once you do, I think Absolutely. it makes yeah. things a lot more. Nobody enjoyable. gets in this. Nobody gets into this business and knows everything right out of the gate. Right. And I'm still learning. Twenty years in, it's still evolving, and I still learn every day. You know, daily I'm learning something new or or, or a trend or or something that's popular now. You know, whether it be a new band or whether it be a new idea on how to market bands or a new social media or a new app. You know, it's like right. it's it's. It's never changing, but you got to go into it with the mindset that, you know, it, it's it's always going to change. But if you can try to keep that artistic creativity in the forefront, or you can enable yourself to do things, like with the fan funding things. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so nice to go into the record looking at the pledge stuff going, wow. Yeah. You know, we only needed this much, and they overshot the mark by two 200 and something percent. You know, it was like, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. I love about it. It was amazing. It was like. That means we just go make the record that you guys want us to make, and uh, everyone's happy. Exactly, and uh, you know you got the you got the market there, and it's it's reaffirming that you've got you know you're doing the right thing. Um, yep. Now you guys, uh, you guys also uh, working on a live DVD, or is that yes, is that? Yeah. Right? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we started. We start. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, we started the project, uh, we started filming back on the last run to get some of the acoustic uh, side of it, and we're going to grab a couple shows on this run. Originally, we were going to try to shoot the end of September. Uh, I don't know if timing's going to work out um, in our advantage of that one, because I think the room that we're trying to get into may have an issue that weekend. So, right. um, as it is right now, it's on pause just because we're trying to get some logistics worked out. Right. we got to work out some of that stuff, and... Uh, you know, ironically enough, talking about the suits and the powers that be and things like that. <laughs> um, it, there's some issues that need to be worked out between the film company and our distributor. Right. Um, and it's just a rights thing. Who gets rights for what? Who's paying for this? Blah, 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 blah. You know, it's, it, you know, honestly, it's it's the non-creative stuff. Right, right. <laughs> it's the stuff that I was just talking about. <laughs> how I'm like, all right, you know what? You guys figure it out and we'll figure the room situation out and then we'll get back to it. Cool. But yeah, the idea is to uh, is to do what we had originally wanted to do with Southside Double Wide. We wanted Southside Double Wide to be a double DVD, first uh, DVD acoustic, second one uh, to be electric. Right. We wanted to get both shows, and that was the idea. You know, the one thing that we haven't that we haven't captured with Clint um, is a full live set. We did one on Retrospect Two, uh-huh. uh, but that was on the Alpha Tour with Sunny. So. Even though there's a really cool live DVD out there, we really wanted to get it with the original five members. You know? Right. Um, so if it doesn't happen in September or October, it'll definitely be happening probably the first thing next year. It's going to happen within the next four or five months. We're just trying to figure out timing-wise what's going to make the most sense. And, uh, you know, we've got to let the suits figure out who's going right. to... Wh- whose name is going to go at the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, something for us to, as fans to look forward to for uh, for next year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's been something like I said, we've been talking about back since you know two thousand two, two thousand three of what we wanted to do. So right, you know, we we were told years ago that DVDs and live shows don't sell, and you know, then TVT went and released 
the stuff that we paid money for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they just kind of threw the record together, and they it, there wasn't a rhyme or a reason or a plan. I mean, we were only about three or four months into seasons. I mean, we were still seasons was doing well, and all of a sudden they announced that they were going to release this thing. And we were like, wait a minute, you just told us it was a horrible idea. And then they changed it, and instead of doing the dual, dual thing, they were just like, "Now we're just going to go with the one, and we're going to make the other CD. You know, the other, the double will be a CD version of it." I was like, "I mean, I'm glad we did it, but it was kind of lame." I was like, "That's right. a little false advertising. It's really not a double DVD." But either way, it happened, and the fans liked it, and uh, you know, we made note of that. And we was like, "All right, well, one of these days we're going to get around and we're going to do it for real." So cool, cool. Yeah, gonna be uh, looking forward to that too. Um, Cool. So uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I know uh, you got a lot going on, but uh, I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us, and uh, good luck with the rest of the tour. Well, thank you very much, man. I really appreciate it, brother. All right, I'd like to thank John for taking the time to talk to us. Again, the album's called Time Travelers and Bonfires. It's a great album. I definitely recommend picking it up. You can currently catch Seven Dust out on the road. I believe there's a couple more weeks left in their current tour. Up next on the program, we have from the band Unbreakable, vocalist Al Crespo. Unbreakable is a hard rock band coming out of Germany. They just released a new album entitled Knockout. Before we get to the interview, though, here's a track from their new album. Uh, This track is called Rock the Nightlife. Gentlemen, I'd like to welcome to the program from the band Unbreakable. We have vocalist Al Crespo on the phone. How you doing, Al? I'm doing fine. Are you, John? Very, very well. Um, I was really glad to, get, glad to get a chance to talk to you guys. Um, had a chance to listen to your new album and uh, okay. really, really enjoying it. Uh, kind of takes me back to some of the music of my youth uh, as I grew up in the 80s and, you know, was a big fan of music in the late 80s and early 90s. And you guys have a, a sound... It's kind of very reminiscent of some of the bands that came out of that era. So, um, looking at your, you know, the band photo, you guys don't appear to be that old. So I was curious, what kind of got you into that kind of hard rock melodic music? Well, for us, uh, it's the music uh, which impi- inspired us. Uh, there's, um, uh, for us, a little influence right now. We're working with Herman Rarible. Uh, he was drummer at the Scorpions, and we were working together. But uh, at first, we we felt like doing this music because the music we kind of grew up with not uh, it wasn't played as we were young, but it's the music we love and and we always listen to and we uh, covered, and we wanted to start something like uh, like doing the music we 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 really have feelings for and 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 yeah that's what we 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 always say uh, uh when we when we think about well played music and and well done music 
is the music of the 70s, 80s, and that's what we wanted to do. So uh, we went and, and, and did that, and then we had to, we were lucky to find Herman, who who wanted to work with us, and there we are. So, um, yeah, cu- the music which inspired us, yeah. I'm oh, curious, um, Herman Rarebell, who uh, many people know was uh, in the Scorpions for many of their you know biggest years, um, you guys are from Germany as well, um, obviously. And is how did how did you guys kind of come into each other's world? Um, you just kind of run into them and socially at some point, or did you seek them out? What do you mean with Herman? Yes. Yes. Um, we uh, record a few demos, and we were uh, sounding a little bit in the radios, and so we saw we had a little success. People liked our music. And that's when we decided to find a, a producer, and uh, we had we had to find a suitable producer. So we've heard of music; it sounds a little bit like like uh, '80s music. So we mm-hmm. thought, okay, we'll try with a few guys who uh, probably will be interested in, in the music, who will understand our music. And that was Herman. He heard our music. He said, okay, uh, I like your music. So he came to us. Uh, he uh, saw a few rehearsals of the band. He liked us, and he said, okay, let's work together. We made uh, uh, the arrangements together, and then we went to the studios, and he helped us a little out with uh, uh, going to the right studio, with uh, working with the right people, and that's how how we came uh, to work with with Herman together. Awesome. So it was like, yeah, we tried trying to find the, the the producer who was suitable for us, and 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 then we found the the right guy, I think, because uh, it's been uh, everything's worked really well uh, for for us mm-hmm. until now. Now, um, obviously. You know, the music industry in the United States has is, is radically changed over the last 20 years. Yes. And uh, I was curious because you mentioned sending the song to radio. And I know uh, one of my favorite acts making music these days is Axel Rudy Pell, who in the United States is still somewhat of a unheard of artist. But, uh, you know, shares a very similar uh, style of music to you guys. And Johnny Gianelli's voice and your voice are very, uh, you know, similar and i know they enjoy pretty good success you know in, in europe um is the music scene and in, in radio still you know kind of play melodic hard rock in that area here in germany there's a few like i, I would like to say no uh, no okay. I, I wouldn't like to say i wouldn't like to say but i have to i sadly have to say no okay uh for example i live now in berlin here there, there's a few radio stations which play music like like uh yeah uh, melodic uh, hard rock and hard rock and uh good music but most of the in the m- most uh, parts of the country, there is uh, only um, uh, it's only being played the things which are in the charts, chart music, the, the things that uh, are in the top 40s. They are played a thousand times a day. Mm-hmm. You, you you turn on the radio and you listen every time. You will listen to the same uh, song to the same music. It's not. It doesn't change that much. It doesn't show uh, any for me. Not much culture. I think from from uh, I I I live seven years here in Germany and I haven't been every everywhere so I don't I don't like I, w- I wouldn't like to generalize, but here in Berlin there's a little more um, um, uh, things to to listen to radio stations more options for everyone okay. and there's uh, many radio stations in which we, we we would be suitable for and there's audience for us to hear I like to believe, but yeah at the beginning is always uh. Uh, difficult to come out with such a uh, such music. It's either okay, you 
uh, are uh, play classic rock, so you were a rockster from the 80s, right. and now uh, the music which plays pop and, 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 and uh, the things that are uh, commonly played on, on the radio nowadays. And so that's, that was our, our, our idea. We thought, uh, Herman thought too, it would be the most intelligent thing to go to the States and, um, and try to, 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 um, show our thing, our music there, our, uh, come, uh, out first there with our video, with our album and everything. And we've got, uh, great feedback and great reaction from everyone there, uh, the people on the radios uh, like her music uh, very much, and the fact that we were young and we're making that music, it's, uh, yeah, um, I think, uh, I hope that it's going to work well for us, because we, we have all our hopes and our efforts and everything invested in that. Yeah, and uh, speaking of videos, I mean, you guys, um, obviously right on your homepage, have the video for for a mm -hmm. fantastic choice for a lead-off single. I, I don't know who, how you guys came along and decided, you know, which one of these songs we're going to make the video for, but Rock the Nightlife is is a song that if I heard it the first time, I found myself singing all day. And then oh, you, you guys took it another level, and you made a video that I think, you know, is worthy. A lot of times bands, especially young bands, um, you know, not on a, on a universal records or something will mm -hmm. make just a lyric video. But you guys mm -hmm. made a full on, you know, 1990 quality video that looks fantastic, uh, for a single that's fantastic. And, and I was curious how that is, was, was that kind of a, a tough decision for a band? Obviously you guys are working on, on, um, you know, with budget restrictions and things like that, to invest that money yeah. in making a video. Was that kind of a gamble? It's not a gamble. For us, it was important to bring the, 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 the best product we can offer for everyone. So mm -hmm. we have uh, we have gained uh, lots of fans, I think, for, for a band which is uh, new. We have lots of fans everywhere around the world already. So we thought if we want to show something to them and we want to prove what we are because they believe in us, we have, uh, we're always, uh, um, talking to the people. We're always, uh, getting ideas from everyone and they are always giving us some input and telling us, uh, we want to see your video. I want to listen to your album. Finally, when, when does it come out? And, so we wanted to, we said, okay, we cannot go and do something with, uh, uh which, which looks like a low budget, uh, right. video. So we wanted to do the best possible we could. We invested all our money or all our time. We, uh, met the director after we, we, um, recorded a video and we worked a lot on how it had to, to, to look and how it had to, uh, uh, yeah, the, the whole the whole idea of the video and everything, so that it was the best we could offer to our fans uh, as as well as our, our our album. It was recorded in, uh, with uh, the best people we could get and the best studio we could get with the best quality we could get, so we could offer the best for our fans because they deserve that. And yeah. uh, we we so that we feel uh, as well um, that it's right what we're doing with everyone. And, and yeah, that's going for the for the best because uh, yeah, that's what we want to do. We want to do great music with great quality and and do the best and 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 try to come out uh, and be successful everywhere. Yeah, yeah and the thing yeah. That, the thing that was good, I have to admit, when I when I first heard of the band, I, I you know play Rock the Nightlife. As I mm -hmm. said, it's an incredibly hooky song, draws you right in. Very you know took me back to a lot of the music I loved uh, growing up. But I I have to admit I was skeptical when I 
got the other ten songs from the track because you know a lot of times you get bands in in, in what we do we get new songs and new albums all the time. Yeah. And what yeah. I what I really enjoyed about your band was the other ten songs on the album don't leave you flat. You know, you, mm-hmm. you, this isn't like you put your only foot forward. You put, you know, what I think might be the best choice for a leadoff single, but you guys have other songs that are, you know, right there on par with the quality. So hats off, you know, to the songwriting process because you guys yeah. deliver. Um, do you do you have aspirations to tour in the states or any plans to come over to do live? Of course. We're promoting our video right now, very strong. We're going to be, I think, soon we're going to be in MTV, VH1, and, and so on. So we really want to go there and, and play a lot over there because uh, we think our songs work well. Like, uh, everywhere where we play our songs to everyone, they say, no, it's uh, like, okay, you, we understand you decided for to come up out with a Rock the Night Live for, for now, but there's so many songs that could be the sing- singles mm-hmm. in that album. So you could, you have so many choices, so many beautiful, melodic, uh, romantic songs as well. And, and uh, strong songs as well, as Knockout uh, is the, the opening mm-hmm. of the album. And so we have many choices there, of a variety, and uh, in, in, in every single uh, every single song, I, I, I would say, it's, it's, uh, uh, in, in the genre, it's uh, different as well. It's catchy, and, 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 and so uh, we have a lot of, a lot of material, and I, I, I'm sure people will love our music, and we will really love to play there. So we're uh, trying to promote a little bit more of the album there, everywhere. I'm, I'm doing interviews almost every day right now, and promoting the video as well, so people uh, listen to our music a little more, get to know what's a little better, and then, um, yeah, go for it and, and play, because that's what, what we like to do, play live and, 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 and really do it um, straightforward and, 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 and rocking on, on stage. Well, I, I wish you guys all the best. I, I hope uh, to lot. see you guys in the states soon. Obviously, the uh, yeah, the album I knockout, the album knockout, you can get it through Amazon, iTunes. Uh, you guys have a merch link on your website, which is unbreakable-music.com for those of us in the English-speaking uh, world. And you have a, a Deutsch site as well, so you can check that out as yeah. well. So, Al, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thanks for inviding me. Nice to nice to talk to you. Okay, again, the band's called Unbreakable, and the album is called Knockout. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Please feel free to drop us a line with any questions or comments at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And check out our Instagram at instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Of course, check out our main website, ironcityrocks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>